From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Broken relationships. Mm. It is an inevitable part of living, right? It's just a part of our humanity that sooner or later we're going to experience turmoil, tension, stress, strain on relationships with the people that we love, with the people that we work with, with the people we care about, with strangers. And today is all about hearing a real-life story from somebody who experienced that in their company and in their family and talking about some of the breakthroughs and the transformations that had to take place in order to at least begin the process and move it down the journey of repairing broken relationships. And this is a very, very powerful episode. This is a life story episode where you're hearing not from a thought leader or a guru, so to speak, of, of any kind, but from a real, you know, real life person, one of our coaching clients, uh, of, a, of a story, of a struggle that they had and what they did to break through. And I think the wisdom that Josh shares this uh, he's a he's our client and also ron who's his coach who is is kind of talking through this whole episode and journey uh with us is really really powerful and unexpected unexpected it's i think it is surprising and not not what most people would tell you in terms of how to repair broken relationships and understanding what are the causes what makes it happen where is the turning point? And then what does that process or journey look like to begin or to, to start actually repairing and working on those relationships? So if you have any relationships of any kind, romantic, professional, personal, which is all of us, this is one you don't want to miss. At the end, I'm going to share with you these five realizations of repairing relationships, these sort of, I guess, light bulb moments that have to come on before you can ever begin to repair broken relationships. So it's going to be a great episode. Thank you for being here. We love having you. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales. But sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. 
One of my favorite things that we started doing this year on the Southwestern Consulting Action Catalyst podcast is featuring real life stories from our real life clients who have real life struggles just like you. And if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, really, you know that our core business at Southwestern Consulting is one-on-one coaching. And we do that because we believe that the real transformation happens in our life through space repetition, ongoing training, and just having the account ability to to team up with people to help them actually execute real change in their life. And I'm so excited and honored to bring you the story today of a man named Josh Hudson. And he's the owner of Hudson's Furniture down in Sanford, Florida. And he has been uh, working with our team, with our uh, one of our coaches, Ron Alford, who's one of our executive level coaches, or what we now call elite level, um, elite level coaches. And uh, they've been together for a couple years. And Josh has a pretty incredible story. And we just want you to hear about it so that you can kind of, you know, understand and hear what other people out there are, are going through in the world. So Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to uh, be on the show. Yeah, well, I, so so give us a little bit of background just about yourself and your business, just kind of like, you know, a little overview so that people are listening, they kind of know, you know, exactly what business are you in, you know, how many team members do you have, who do you serve, how long you've been doing it, that kind of thing. All right, yeah, um, well, I'm in a family business, like we said, so I think you kind of, when you're in a family business, you don't know when you started because you've been in it your whole life, but um, uh, it, we're in the furniture business and um, we uh, have 350 employees, 17 locations here in Central Florida. And, um, you know, I'm also a uh, father of four and a husband. Um, but yeah, I've been in the business in um, an executive role now for uh, eight years. So, mm-hmm. got it. Uh, I mean that, and how did you, how did you first hear about Southwestern Consulting? So this was, I guess you started, uh, I was just looking here at your, at your record. So it looks like you started in coaching with us back February of 2016, but it looked like you've been following our, us for a while. So how did you, like, what was your first introduction to us? My first introduction was um, your podcast, really got so much out of it and enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, had the confidence to say, all right, let's, let me, let me look at the coaching thing. So that's, that's how the party started. Uh-huh. I love it. So, so Ron, so for those of you that don't know, we got Ron Alfred here, uh, our newest senior partner and uh, fastest member to senior partner ever at Southwestern Consulting. And we have another interview with Ron just where I was picking his brain directly. Um, but uh, Ron, what was your, uh, what were your first impressions? So like when you very first met Josh, because Elise Archer from our team is actually, uh, you know, who enrolled Josh in the program. But then when, when you got assigned to be his coach, like, tell me what, what did you sort of first think when you, when you guys first connected? Yeah. So funny this morning, I was reading back through all of my notes with Josh and it's, uh, 46 pages, Josh, someday wow. I'll email all these to you. <laughs> That's a book. Um, <laughs> it is. And just, just going back to that first call, I, and I get goosebumps on this stuff. I'm, I might be a weirdo, but I, I just remember literally being like, man, this is why I do what I do. And just that, that connection and hearing, first of all, just hearing Josh's transparency and, you know, on the exterior, I hear about him from Elise and I'm thinking, geez, this guy, does he really need coaching? He's running this huge company. He's, 
you know, you see the beautiful pictures of his family and he's like this elite athlete and, you know, and, and then you have that first call and you realize, man, he's just a, he's a human. He's someone that's just trying to be better. And I just, I love that about Josh, just his, his humility and his desire to grow and, and serve and be better for his family, you know, for, for God, obviously, and, and to live out the calling that he's, he's been put here to do. And so that's the part I love. And just this, this whole journey has been so raw and open and real. And it's, it's, it's neat. I can even look back through our text threads and I've never met Josh. We're 3000 miles apart, but you feel like, I feel like I've somehow, some way kind of lived a little bit of his life with him. And it's just so neat that he's been willing to share and been willing to work on things. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's, he's trying to be better. And that's something I admire to the nth degree. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I, I, and I, I love that. So, Josh, so tell us this. Tell us a little bit about the story. Like, so what were some of the biggest, like, what were some of the challenges or the struggles that were going on in your life? I mean, I, I have to agree with Ron because when I, you know, I hear three hundred and fifty employees, uh, you know, like uh, you got three hundred fifty employees. You said seventeen locations, right? Father of four, elite athlete. It's it's like there's nothing on the service that says, oh gosh, this person is, has challenges in their life. But there, what, give us a little bit of the background. What was really going on behind the scenes? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the sh- yeah, the shell is not the real, you know, what you see there. I mean, it was just, I guess, you know, when I first talked to Ron, like he he has such a presence about him, and I could tell, like he has such a strong faith and where he was coming from that it instantly let me let down my guard. And I was like, look, I mean, we got to the meat of things quickly, but, you know, we've worked on, I think, everything. Um, but, you know, for me, I have a, I have a twin brother um, and I have a father and my dad started this business 36 years ago. And, you know, we've tra- transitioned over to myself and my brother. And, you know, these key relationships, you know, I'm a brother, he's a partner, I have a dad, he's a father, yet he's you know, yeah, he's, you know, he's getting out of the business and, you know, people understanding where their roles are. Na- navigating this stuff is really, really, really messy. And it's so emotional, too. And, um, you know, I think there were just so many times where, you know, I needed that lifeline um, and I needed the perspective and I needed to see things differently. I mean, I, I could not navigate those relationships strictly on my own. Um, I, I knew I needed help, but, but finding someone to help me with them was difficult. And, you know, and then I think that's really where the heart of the work with, with Ron and I took place. And so like when you say, you know, those relationships and I would say the same thing, you know, in my personal experience, it's, it's the relationships, like the people that are closest to us, those are the most painful relationships to, to work through. And we often kind of go, oh, well, you know, there's conflict in the world, but it's like the real conflict happens with the people that are closest to us. So what were like, what were some of the examples, uh, uh, you know, like what was going on? Was it mostly just like business, business disagreements about the way that things should run or were there more personal things or, you know, tell us a little bit about what, what was creating the strain on those relationships? Well, I mean, I would tell you that, um, I've learned a big part of it was me, but the strain was generally, um, you know, from the fact of, you know, that I'll see things a certain way and the way they need to go. And I'm very, I very much believe in my own ideas. Um, and I would, I would, I would typically just want to charge ahead. 
And I wouldn't really give, the, you know, like say my brother and my dad, the right amount of time or respect that really they deserve to really try to understand where they were coming from. Um, mm. if, if they wanted to navigate a situation a certain way. So, you know, I think it happens a lot in our key relationships. Like we just credit someone to being wrong and then we think, well, that person's wrong. How can we fix them? How can we expose them the right way or what they need to be doing when really, I mean, you're in a bad place when you're looking at these key partners that way because, you know, they might be perceiving you, their ex- external answers to you might, the, the situation may be deeper than that, you know, so he may be saying, no, I don't want to go in that direction. But the real thing is, is like, you know, it's deeper than that. It's maybe like, hey, you know, I want to fix this part of my relationship with you. And this is just what I'm doing now, but it may not be the real, the real problem, if, if that makes sense. So there was a lot of things where I was just missing that perspective. And uh, I think having Ron just challenged me to look back at myself and take some ownership of it and maybe even slow down in some cases, that was really, really key for me. So that's really interesting. And I think that's, I think that is, that is, that is powerful in, uh, that's also something that I can relate with is that, you know, the initial tendency is to go, oh, everybody else around me is, you know, they're wrong. They, they don't get it. They don't understand. And how did you realize that really, how did you realize you were the jerk, Josh? Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, but, but, just, I'm just kidding. But like, I mean, it, seriously, like what, what happened that made you go, whoa, because that's a big wake up call and having been through it before where it's like, I've gone like, it was for me, I remember when it's happened to me, it was like a big time flash of lightning to go, whoa, I am the one that's really out of whack here. And I remember that being almost like this, this, this epiphany and it was almost like this veil had been removed. So, so what happened to you or, or how did that come about or what did you notice that made you, made you start to think, golly, maybe, maybe there, there's a part of this that I have to own. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it, it wasn't for me like that light switch moment. I think it was more the progression of the calls with Ron. And, you know, there were just always situations where he was asking me, you know, how, how can you influence this? How can this change for you? And then sometimes it would even come down to Ron was like, you know, Josh, sometimes we just need to pray about just accepting things, you know, and not just getting consumed with it. Like, and pausing. So it was all this stuff all put together that really helped me navigate it. But I didn't, I don't think I really had a moment, but I definitely learned how to look in and and realize that, you know, you really are in control. And, um, you know, the way that you're interacting with your family, you know, is, is critical in a business role and in a family role. And, you know, I think there were times where I was just charging too hard and everything was strictly about growing the business and improving the business when, you know, people just don't, not everyone works that way. My brother, um, you know, I have a twin brother. He's a paternal twin. He's an awesome guy. And he, but we are very different people. I'm not wrong. He's not wrong. I'm not right. He's not right. We're different people. And I've learned to come to that place where I really put a lot of emphasis on me to ask questions about, hey, you know, why is why is this going this way? Why are we not interacting well? Is it something I'm doing? And there have been a lot of answers there where you're right. I've learned that, you know, I was the jerk. <laughs> so, Ron, let me, so, so did you, 
Did you kind of assess the situation and say, uh, like, did, were there some indicators that you said, oh, you know, actually, I think there's some things going on here that Josh needs to look at? Or did you more just ask questions? Or like, how did you, as a coach, right, you obviously don't have the full backstory of the relationships in somebody's life history, but you get drawn in pretty quickly to this, you know, this is very real, real stuff. So how did you kind of approach that? And, and, you know, tell me a little bit about what you guys did there. Yeah, so I just, my whole attitude is the more I can seek to understand and listen. And, and thankfully, like Josh said, we had a good rhythm quickly. That first couple calls, I felt like, wow, I can, you know, I can really identify and live into his world. And uh, then you start noticing recurring themes. And it wasn't just with Josh or it wasn't just with his twin brother or his dad or, but just because he's a human, just recurring themes of, of outside things that were, were getting to him. And, mm. uh, and so that's the part where we had a good mix, a good balance of working on tactical things and working on his schedule and delegating and leadership stuff and, you know, real raw kind of meaty topics. And then like, Hey, let's drop that for a minute. Let's do, there's some stuff going on, you know, and let's talk about this. Let's flush it out. Just allow him to vent, allow him to the stuff we all need. And, uh, but I think hearing those recurring themes a little bit was what kind of clued in to, just, man, this is something that can hold, hold us back from being, because Josh is such a good dad, such a good husband, such a good manager, but it's like, I know he wants to be, you know, the best at all, at everything. So. And when you say recurring themes, so I think that's, that's interesting. You know, that's, I, I, I had a, a mentor one time teach me that that's, that's one of the best ways to kind of notice areas of improvement is, is to watch for like, patterns and recurring things that keep coming up over and over again. Were there, were there specific patterns that you were seeing or, or one specific issue that was coming up? Cause I think a lot of us, you know, like I think back to myself before realizing that, wow, I was a big part of the problem you, until you, if you don't, if you're not yet there, it's like, it's not even on your radar, but there's evidence around you that starts to show up. And so when people are looking for like, how do we know what to look for? What, like, what were some of those indicators that you said, oh, because because you bring up a good point. And we actually, it's funny because we really focus on coaching that we teach people techniques. We teach them strategies. We focus on business and growing revenue. That's what we do. We're not really a life coaching company. We're, we're But obviously, it's like at some point you said, or at, at certain points along the way, this has been a long journey. You've said, you know, we need to we need to take a little bit of a step back from that. So, what what keyed you in on that? Yeah, I think just and to me, I'm always thinking big picture, man. We're building a life. Like everybody always thinks about quarterly revenue mm. and this month, this year, this whatever. But we're all going to look back. I mean, to me, I'm sitting here listening to Josh. He's in his late 30s. This guy has forever ahead of him, and he's already accomplished more than 99.999. But yet his, you know, or as we all know, our strengths can be, you know, sometimes the challenges as well. And for him, pushing hard, expecting great things, just a perfectionist in a lot of ways and, and, and really wanting to live out every ounce of what God's given him. Who, who wouldn't admire that and want to be like that? And then at the same time, you can see how that can get destructive if there's not a you know, if there's not a way to release it a little bit. So for us, it was just kind of pulling back a little bit and trying to find those times to breathe a little bit and say, it's okay. Like, like 
sometimes the definition of abundance is just everything I have right now is plenty. It's, it's okay to, to just kind of, you know, if that, hope that, hope I can't, I got that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's well, a hard thing to express. It's a hard thing to capture because like you said, we're in the business of driving revenue and getting more results for someone. You know, I'm not, Josh didn't get into coaching to, you know, kumbaya or whatever. So it's, I want to make sure, but, but there's got to be that balance because we're, we're thinking about decades ahead, not just, you know, some sort of superficial calendar deadline. Right. I think that's really powerful. The idea of we're not just making a quarterly revenue, we're building a life and, um, you know, looking beyond the short term, it's like, yes, numbers, yes, profit, yes, sales, yes, growth. But that, that, that bigger perspective of, of building a life. Um, so, so let's talk, I want to talk a little bit about then. So what did you do? Okay. So Josh, like coming back to you, what did you do here? Because obviously you, you have through whatever, through your own, uh, introspective sort of study or through Ron asking questions or through these, re- these sort of like, um, you know, these recurring things coming up in your life and you, you realize I need to work on these relationships and there's some strain here. What did you actually do to, to deal with that or to, to, to resolve it or at least move it in a healthy direction? Well, I think, you know, Ron, like, had me on a pretty clear path, you know, like from the beginning, you know, it was like, hey, we, you know, I want to hear what is the priority for you, you know, and we just a simple vision board. And then he would start to learn these things about me and and get me to slow down and prioritize some of the big issues, um, which meant get them on my calendar. And, you know, I'd even talk to him just I feel like my marriage has gotten so much better um, as a result of this, you know, like Ron was saying, I, I just, you know, I. Um, you know, probably perfectionist is the right word. And, you know, learning to, you know, like when, you know, learning that my priority sometimes as a, as a husband, you know, needs to be run way, way, way different than my priorities in business. And was I really focusing on those things? And, you know, I think he brought so much of that to light, but mainly, you know, we would strategize on some of these, some of these strained relationships. And so we'd know we'd have key dates coming up, like, let's say where, you know, I was going to be on a trip, say with either my key team members, or, you know, my brother, my dad, and he would, he would say, hey, you know, well, here's the goal for when we're there. And this is what we need to be thinking about. And we would plan it, and write it down. And it would roll through my mind so much before these things would happen. And I would, you know, I would come up with these creative solutions, whereas I know that if, if that wasn't taking place, I would have just charged through, you know, and been looking and missed so many things. You know, it, it really helped slow me down in some ways, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What's your, what was your perspective on that, Ron? So, like, when you talk about the, pl- you know, the plan, so, you know, here you have this guy on the surface, not just on the surface, but in truly incredibly successful has accomplished a ton. Uh, you find out that he is human. He's got some things going on. And there's this, this sort of balance of both sort of life stuff, personal stuff, but then also tactical business, strategic stuff. From your perspective, what was the plan that you guys decided to, to sort of implement? Yeah. So I think the first few calls, and, and again, this is even just this morning, going back to the, the, you know, the original outset of our, our work together, was I think Josh is when you're running so strong and so 
<clears throat> purposeful. Like he, you know, Josh has got fire going on inside of him. And I'm, and that's where I could relate to the beauty of this, by the way, is as a young dad and, and that kind of, in, you know, interior mode drive. And we, I think we related well, but so I think a lot of the things we worked on at first was aligning his vision. Like if, if this is why you were put on this earth, like crystal clear, what does that look like? Like, I know you've got this company goal and all this stuff that you were, you know, but, but let's go deeper. Would it, and then, and then tracking CSFs, tracking his calendar to where they're aligned. Does your calendar represent the things in your life that really matter? Are you taking time to slow down? And if you want to really be a leader of men, a leader of humans, you know, are you leading them in life, not just in business? And, uh, hmm. and then of course, as a dad, you know, the, the example that we set for our kids and at the end of the day, so we talked a lot about his relationship with his dad, which, you know, and then, and then let's flip that. How, how what's it going to be like? Let's say we were coaching your kids 30 years from now, what are they going to say about you? And I think that, that, that those deeper topics, you know, and, and then through that, just of course, how we deal with, I mean, he's got a lot of people that report to him and look up to him and they're led by him. So of course, topics on how to confront the right way, how to recognize the right way, stuff that Josh is already naturally really good at, but you know, we all, we're all growing. Mm-hmm. And so Josh, when you talk about the relationships and I know that, you know, like you guys are, obviously you taught, you mentioned schedule and delegation and time management, which is, I think, you know, statistically that's the number one thing. That's the number one reason why clients say they, they want to get into the program is they, they, they're trying to get somehow some sense of better control around their time and being more productive and multiplying their time and multiplying their results. But I think there's a part of this about you that really speaks to me is because there's some, there's some hurt here and some disconnect with, you know, these personal relationships. So looking at your dad and your brother, so you realize that there's, there's some strain, you realize that you're different, you realize you're part of the problem, you decide, you know, you need to do something about it. Did, after you decided to make that change, do you feel like the relationships started to improve right away? Or were that was there resistance from them because they were still hurt? Or, you know, were there any, were there roadblock? Basically, did you run into roadblocks and challenges once you made this decision that you needed to do some repair? Oh, that's yes, yes, and yes. And, and oh, okay. Still going on. You know, I mean, I, I, I did a lot of damage, you know, I would say, you know, I mean, it makes me sound like a bad person, mm-hmm. but I did. I mean, and I did a lot of damage over a lot of years. And I don't think that gets undone quickly at all. In fact, I think it takes way longer to undo it than it does to create it. And so, you know, I'm just still very aware. Of it. And, um, you know, it's just helped me. Like, I know that if it's not, if it's not getting better at this point, I know it's something I'm doing and I'm, and I'm taking ownership of that as opposed to looking at it differently. Like, it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just capturing that thought there. I think that's so powerful about I did I did a lot of damage over the years and it definitely takes way longer to undo it than to create it. I, that's a that's a powerful realization in and of itself. And I also the idea of if it's not getting better, it's my fault. That that really takes a high level of ownership. So Ron, when you're you're watching all of this happen and you kind of have this inside track to people's personal lives as we often do in coaching because it's like you can't separate the business and the person eventually this stuff comes out 
obviously there's some roadblocks that Josh, you know, is bumping into. There's work that needs to be done. There's some, there's some pain that needs to be uh, healed. There's some recovery that needs to happen. There's some trust that needs to be restored. And that's hard. I think it's, it's a very, very hard for a person to one, acknowledge, wow, I'm actually a part of what's going on here. And two, that I, I need to do some work to fix it. And that's very, very humbling. And it takes a tremendous amount of courage and strength to go through that. And then, you know, obviously when you turn a corner, it, not everybody turns that corner with you because they're not, you know, they're still thinking of you how you were before. And so there's some challenge there, but it seems like Josh has made a lot of progress here and he's really come through this, which is, which is powerful. Why do you think he was able to turn that corner? Because I think a lot of people don't, and a lot of our clients don't, frankly, right? Like this, not everybody is, is able to sort of humble themselves to that point, but it, it, it seems like you guys have really been successful doing that. And why do you think he, he was able to do that when most people aren't? I think if I had to say one word, it's acceptance. I think, you know, even going back to you guys just talking a couple minutes ago, it, it almost felt like, okay, now that these relationships have been repaired and, or this, and, and in honesty, it's like, they may never be perfect or any of this may never be perfect, but, but Josh, how, how much more enjoyable is it to be around someone, whether it's a family member or a, a business partner or whatever, when they're just you know, they're, they're peaceful. They, they, they're, they're driving, they want to be better. And I think seeing Josh kind of accept what is and be okay with that and feel like he, he doesn't have to, or maybe, maybe isn't able to change everyone else, but yet not have to do it and be okay with that. I think that's that turning that corner and feeling like, like he's, he's really embracing that. I feel like is, is where, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the joy has come and where he said it's impacted his marriage and, I got to think that's impacted mm-hmm. how he has more empathy with the people he works with. And just mm-hmm. the ripple effect is crazy because when we're trying to control things, when we're trying to, trying to move mountains that just maybe aren't movable in this moment. It's a uh, boy, you just, you push, you press and, and everybody sees it. And uh, I think he, I think that's been a big turning point. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh, one thing that you mentioned, actually you both mentioned this phrase, which I think is interesting because you know, I hear you talking about, you know, this big business and 350 employees and growing, you know, family business, very successful. But both you and Ron use the phrase slow down, which is, it's kind of ironic to me that you both mentioned that because again, kind of the core of what, you know, we typically talk about is we help you grow your business. We help you elevate sales, right? To use our, to use our tagline. But it seems like both of you mentioned slowing down as a big part of, the the out like the transformation that has 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 happened here like would you agree with that and what and what does that mean exactly when you talk about slowing down oh i definitely would i think ron is spot on with like where that whole turn came to me i think i think he would like he would listen to me sometimes and i would probably like just rapid fire explode sort of throw up on him and it would be like all these problems (laughs) (laughs) he might help me and be like man he's like you know, think about where we are. Think about the goals you set forth. You're achieving so many of them. You know, you need to breathe here and we need to, we need to think about that. And it was like, 
it was big for me. It was definitely, I, I had a moment there. I'm like, yeah, you know what I do. And it's not so bad. And just because, you know, you're not hitting that next thing or, you know, it's still really great and we still need to be really appreciative. And it just changed me a little bit to come at things like that and to slow down. And, you know, um, you know, what are our expectations? My expectations, my expectations are just my expectations. they they really don't. They're not the standard for the universe with which other people can be judged. <laughs> so I, I kind of had to have that moment and just not take myself so seriously and slow down and appreciate. And I think that you know I'm still working on that in a big way. But I think that that has been a big turning factor for me through this whole coaching program. Um, for you personally, what do you think is the number one thing that's come out of? of coaching like just looking back at all the stuff and we've we've touched on several things but um well you said this is the number one thing that i've gotten from coaching what would you how would you answer that i would say to question yourself um you know i think that that's been the number one thing that's come out of it for me is how many people are you going to meet in your life that you're going to feel like they're just partnering with you to try to make you better and to totally open the door to let them question everything about the way you're doing things. And, you know, that that is never going to leave me at this point is how critical that is to to open that door and let someone else in and really question everything about um, about yourself and your goals and how you're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that is so powerful. Again, how like... Um, so let's flip roles for a second. This is always one of my favorite favorite questions when we do these life story interviews. So Ron, I mean, you are one of the most amazing individuals that I know personally when it comes to sales, leadership, spirituality, physicality. Uh, I mean, I just admire so much about you, and and you are without a doubt, you know, one of the 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 key leaders that our whole company looks to and models after, but. What have you learned from Josh? Like, let's flip roles for a second and talk about, okay, so here you are, you know, you're coaching him, but is there anything that you've sort of picked up from just kind of watching this whole episode and this, this relationships, you know, and all this, this sort of stuff unfold? I think probably the biggest is just perspective again. Like to me, getting, and that's why I love to have this job is I get to, I get to watch from a distance people go through struggles. And so to see, see someone like Josh and also what's, what's possible with time. Like one thing that he's done, that's been so like, he's running this company and dad of four and all all the things we've talked about. And yet he'll talk about changes he's made with where people are running his email and doing so much. I mean, he's he is a master delegator and does a great job with his, his minutes. And, uh, he'll, he'll have free time. He shows up on our calls and he's, he's ready. Like he's on the call a minute before I am and he's calm and cool and there's no distractions. And, you know, I'm, I have, I have clients obviously that kind of come rushed into the call. And so I think seeing that from a distance, seeing someone that at his age and with the amount of things he's got on his plate and what time he wakes up every morning and, you know, the things he gets done where he's still calm and present. And, uh, we've never really had a coaching call where he's, I've felt like he's distracted or he's mm-hmm. in another place. And that's, like I admire that. And that, that's something for me I'm trying to get better at all the time is being present and just, uh, you know, really being in the moment. And that's something I get from Josh every time I talk to him. Hmm. 
What an awesome thing to learn from somebody. Uh, that is so, so cool. Um, all right, last question. This one's for you, Josh. If there was somebody out there that's listening and, and maybe they are sort of tuning in or waking up to the idea that, uh, hey, maybe they've got some work to do when it comes to repairing some of the key relationships in their life, what advice would you you give to that person, knowing that it is a it's a difficult journey and it you know does it's not really one as you said that you ever like reach the finish line with, but what would you tell that person? Well, I would um, I'm I'm big on keeping things simple, and so I would I would just say that you know your own thoughts and your own actions have landed you in whatever situation you're in, and to think that your own thoughts and your own actions without any pouring in from someone else are going to get you out of that place. Um, it doesn't even make sense to say it out loud. So, you know, you're going to have to lean in with someone else. You're going to have to even talk through these sort of things. I mean, you know, yeah, you can read a book and maybe try to dig yourself out of it, but you know, there's nothing that beats like a one-on-one relationship with a person that their whole goal is just to try to help you and make you better. And so, you know, your own thoughts got you there and they're not going to get you out on your own is what I would tell them. Hmm. That's all. That is, that, I've never really thought about it quite that way, but that is, I think Einstein said, you know, the, you can't use the same level of thinking that created the problem to solve the problem. <laughs> and that's kind of like what you're saying here, but bringing in somebody to help you go through that. Well, um, Ron, brother, I just want to say thank you for you know who you are and the, and the model you set for our team, and then you know for people like Josh. And obviously, I think it's very clear that your 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 sense of faith and resolve uh, is been huge and allowed you guys to connect. and And I know how patient you are, and I, I know how insightful you are and present, and and it's obviously made a big deal. And and you know, Josh, for you, man, I just I appreciate your courage to be humble and the, the the willingness to both realize hey there's some things that are broken there's some work you have to do and being willing to bring in somebody you know that's other than you to help you solve that and i think those are all extraordinary acts of both courage and humility and those you don't see it a lot and I just, I think it's a, it's an, it's an inspiration and I, I hope that you, you continue doing it. And I know that your, your story is going to impact a lot of people out there. So thank you. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and for all you do out there for the listeners. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for sharing this message, Josh. Thanks for partnering brother. Yep. Enjoyed it, Ron. That to me is such an important story because all of us, are struggling with relationships, right? At some point in our life, whether we want to admit it or not, it doesn't matter who we are, whether it's personally or professionally, at some point, we are going to have conflict with the people that matter most to us and with the people who we are around the most. Conflict is a natural part of relationships, whether it's, you know, 
a romantic relationships, a working relationship, a leadership relationship, but it's like, you know, the whole world is people. It's doing, we do business with people, we live with people, we interact with people, and so conflict is inevitable. And how you respond to relationship conflict, it matters. First of all, it says a lot about you, right? It, 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 tells the world who you are by how you respond and treat your relationships and how you value other people by the way that you interact with with the people around you, particularly when there's relationship conflict. But the other thing is that it creates happiness or unhappiness in our life. So many times we think about happiness as about the things we acquire, but it's not. Happiness is is usually much more directly connected to the relationships in our life, to how are things going with our spouse and with our kids and with our boss and with our coworkers and, and with our team members. The relationships and the health of our relationships, I think, ultimately determines the happiness of our lives. The health of our relationships determines determines the happiness of our lives. And so knowing that we're going to run into conflict, then a part of a part of our plan needs to be how do we deal with that pain? How do we deal with that conflict? And what do we do about it when it comes up? And so I just wanted to outline a couple of the steps here that I really took and I really learned from Josh and hearing him sort of tell the story. And of course, we don't get into the details too much about exactly what is going on behind the scenes, but it doesn't really matter, right? All, all we need to know is that here is somebody who's tremendously successful, is accomplishing so much, is making a big impact in the world, is leading a lot of people, is stewarding a lot of resources, and and yet he is human and he is struggling and he has conflict in the relationships that matter most to him in his life because that is true for all of us so if you have conflict in your relationships I and mean, this is this is this is the first this is the first thing right so these are five realizations to repairing relationships the first one is that conflict doesn't mean that you are broken Having and experiencing conflict in your relationships doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you aren't worthy to be loved. It doesn't mean that you aren't a a person who deserves the companionship or the trust of other people's. Conflict is natural. Conflict is healthy. Conflict is a part of how we grow. Anything that is a struggle is what creates strength. Struggle is what creates strength, whether you're building a muscle or you're building a skill or whether you're building a relationship. So great relationships aren't about the absence of conflict. It's all about how do we resolve conflict. And great people aren't people who are free from conflict. They are people who learn how to properly deal with conflict. And so that is, I think, is an important first realization because I heard Josh saying, there were some issues that he had to deal with, but it never was at the point of like, there's something wrong with me or I don't deserve it or I'm not good enough. And that is important because a lot of people never get out of this this first realization. They think, oh, I, I'm just not worthy to be loved or I never can be loved or I don't know how to love because they're experiencing conflict. And that's just not the case. We all experience conflict. doesn't matter who you are, how successful you are, uh, anything, anything like that. So that is number one. 
the second realization, and you and you hear Josh make this early in that interview, is you have to realize that even though conflict in relationships doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, the second realization is realizing that if there is a conflict, I am part of the problem, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you like at a fundamental level, but it, it means that you are part of the problem. It, it, anywhere that there is this sort of strain and turmoil, there is something that you are doing that is contributing to it, right? People don't just get mad and upset for no reason, typically, unless it's, you know, they're just completely crazy. But let's assume that most of the people in your life are not just completely crazy. If they're upset, it's because we've done something to them. We may not have done it intentionally. We may not have done it on purpose. We may not have realized that what we were doing was affecting them, but regardless, we did something or they interpreted something that we did in a way that it hurt them. And that is, we have to own. And I will say this, more often than not, we are a bigger problem than we realize. At least I can say that for me. And and it is a humbling place to get to, but a place we have to get to, to wake up and realize, man, crap, like I am the problem or I am at least a a big part of the problem because we don't think that unless we intentionally start to ask ourselves, what am I doing to contribute to this? How is what I am doing being perceived in a way that is hurtful? What are the thoughts and the actions that I'm doing that can, can be affecting people negatively or at least being perceived negatively until we, if we don't think that intentionally, then we, our natural default is there's nothing wrong with me. So there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, it's always, it's, it's outside of us, but the, the mature leaders, mature people, people who have strong relationships realize that, no, if there is a conflict here, I am part of the problem. There's not something inherently wrong with me or broken that I can't fix, but I am part of the problem. There is something that needs to be addressed. There's some change that I need to I need to make. And I think a, a second part of this second realization is I need help. I need someone to come in and help me spot the, the blind spots help me to realize what's going on. And I think that's so powerful, right? And that's something we see is a lot of our coaching clients, you would you would think it's like, oh, these are all the people who are failing in life and they need help and they need, it's not, it's the opposite. All the people who get into coaching by definition are people who want to grow, they want to improve. That's why most of them are already tremendously successful or they're destined to be successful. And all we're really doing is, is hopefully sort of expediting their journey, but it's their own humility it's their own coachability, their own willingness to grow, their own their own willingness to take risks, to be vulnerable, to admit they haven't got it all figured out. In, inherently, that's what makes them successful. We just kind of help catalyze some of that, hopefully, and, and speed them up and help them in their journey. But, you know, to have somebody like Josh go, yeah, I, I can't, if I got myself into this problem, it's stupid to think that I should have to be the one to get myself out. I mean, on some regard, you have to take ownership of doing it, but you can't rely on only your insights to do it because if you knew what created the problem, you would have created the problem in the first place. So, 
So don't be too proud to ask for help. Don't be too proud to seek counsel, whether that's a pastor or a friend or a counselor or a coach, right? And I think that's why we're growing so fast as people are realizing, wow, as professionals, how come we don't have coaches? How come we only rely on our own knowledge base and the knowledge base inside of our company? Why aren't we bringing in and accessing all this other knowledge that exists out there in the world and having someone who cheers me on just because that's that's their role, right? We have a coach has no other interest except helping you succeed because they don't get promoted if you do well. Like they none of that stuff happens. They're just they just are there to sort of support you and cheer you on. So you have to have that realization that that I am part of the problem and I need help. The third realization, and this is a simple one, but this is this is so big and the I, I feel like Henry Bedford, which you know we had him on the show a while back, and he's one of my my greatest mentors and advisors, and you know basically my boss at Southwestern. He's the CEO of the whole Southwestern family of companies. So, you know all of us that are the leaders of the various companies, we all you know report to him. And he taught me this. He said, if there is a problem, just go spend time with it. Just go spend time with it. Go spend time with that person. Uh, you could say the same thing with an issue, but when you talk about repairing relationships, right, just go spend time with that person. And time does so much. It heals so much. And and a lot of times we when we have relationship strain, it's because we're spending this is this is in this is important. A lot of times when there's strain on our relationships, it's because we're spending more time in that relationship when that person is not there. In other words, we're thinking about that person and we're making them wrong and we're interpreting what they're doing and we're trying to to analyze and calculate why are they doing the way they're doing and, and we're spending most of our time involved and wrapped up in that relationship without the person being there. It's usually only a few minutes and in, in, you know, a few interactions that are then we're then extrapolating and pontificating on and processing. But when you actually just get belly to belly, eyeball to eyeball, face to face, and you just spend time with the person, you realize that they're a person and they're not inherently evil and they're not just trying to hurt you, that they have legitimate concerns and there's legitimate things that you've done that you need to own and you need to and you need to fix. And just getting on the ground and spending time with people when there's a problem, it it does so much. It it does so much. The fourth realization and I don't know that this one is a systematic one that would always sort of apply, but I thought this one applied very much to my life and, and definitely you heard um, Ron there talking about it and Josh, is that there's an element of repairing relationships where we have to be willing to just sort of slow down. We have to just be willing, this is another thing that Henry does, is he just allows for time to pass and we have to just be willing to sort of take a step back and just and just sit for a while and it's and it's hard and i think for people like me and josh shared this self admittedly as well like if you're a, a, an ambitious person and you're driving for success and you're always going you have to be careful of running people over or or worse not even acknowledging people you have to be careful of not getting 
so relentless and so focused and, and that you're just like constantly driving and everything's about speed and efficiency and results and success that you start to ignore your relationships with people and you start to undervalue your relationships. You don't spend time because you're just driving and driving and driving towards the next thing. And um, I have another good friend named Jason, Jason Dorsey. He, we actually had him. Uh, he was another interview. He's an expert on uh, the generations, and he's like a big data researcher. And we you know, we talked about millennials here a couple months ago. But he he introduced a concept to me called enoughness, and this idea of enoughness that that for for people who are highly ambitious, at some point you have to just you have to ask yourself when is when is am I okay with enough, and and, and it's an interesting dynamic, this concept of enoughness. And the reason it applies here with relationships is because it, it, it helps you slow down. It helps you reconnect with people. It helps you sort of take a breath and take a step back and just kind of breathe. <sighs> and at some point, if you're a hard-driving, ambitious go-getter you know, do-gooder, taskmaster, checklister, successful, you know, person, then this becomes important because you have to remember that the relationships are what contribute ultimately more to your happiness. Not the numbers, not the dollars, not the awards, not the possessions, not the prizes, not the personal pride, it's the relationships. And so this, I think it's interconnected with this concept of enoughness and and look, enoughness doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to go grow. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, strive for more. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue goals. It just means that you realize that you don't have to in order to be happy. It just means that you it's it's not mandatory, it's not a necessity to have more in order to feel peace and contentment and satisfaction. And that is an important place to get to is to go, you know what, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm growing. Like we want to grow, we want to help more people, we want to make more profit, we want to give more, we want to make more money, like we wanna reach reach a bigger audience, but it I don't have to have those things in order to be happy relationships are what you have to have in order to be happy. And so I think that's a big one. And then, you know, the last little thing I just want to leave you with here, and this is the fifth realization. And I think this is important for me and you and everybody, is you have to realize that everyone in the world is doing the best they know how to do. Like given their education, given their circumstance, given what they're currently experiencing, given their current capacity, their current knowledge, they're doing the best that they know how to do. They're human. They're not evil. They're not bad. They're, they might be frustrating. They may be doing things wrong, but they're not, they're not evil. They're, they're doing the best that they can. And so are you. So we want to improve. We want to grow. But we have to just sort of realize and grasp that, gosh, you know what? For the most part, we're all doing the best we can. We all struggle with relationships, and relationships matter. Relationships are a big part of what lead to that happiness. So this week, I hope you will go out and rebuild and strengthen some of your relationships. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment, as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. 
you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.